language in this show may be too harsh for young listeners. In other words, we still struggling with our cussing. Listening to Psycho Music Lyricology, a podcast where music touches the mind and heals the soul. I'm one of your co-hosts, the guy that doesn't know anything about hip-hop, Sheldon Moss, along with the dude that is always secure about his opinion, Michael Nelson. What up? And the professor, Maurice Moss. What's up? What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? You know, Mike, I thought you were going to come with some words of encouragement. Actually, I did have something, but then I thought I better not say it. But I was going to say, oh, man, homie, my mind is playing tricks on me. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Well, you should have said something, man. You know, we look forward to those. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, homie, my mind is playing tricks on me. All right, then. What's up, Maurice? Nothing much, man. What's up with you? You know, you've been busy all day or all weekend, as you say. Yeah, I've been on the go. Yeah. Getting ready for the holidays. You get ready for the holidays. Yeah, you know, at work. Oh, I, yeah. I was like, I know you're not cooking. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, well, actually, uh, I, I, my, I am cooking something for the holidays. I, oh, I, yeah. cook, I make a mean macaroni and cheese. Oh, okay. Nobody knew that? Well, that's probably I good because I'm, I'm not cooking that for y'all, yeah. so, you know. <laughs> Speaking of speaking, you, speak you it, pro- probably just gonna buy cookies. That's what you're gonna do. Yeah, I know how to make macaroni and cheese. It's right. a simple recipe. It come out the box. No, it's, it's crap. You buy different cheeses and you mix them all together. It's it's one, two, three, man. Okay. I've had, I've had it. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you have had. It. Okay, had it. it's good. So, so, good. so you know we were roommates for years, right? And he cooked it. Pizza. Okay. <laughs> okay. Things happen over the course of like twenty years. Okay. You know, you can learn how to do new things. All right, man. All right. Yeah, you know, I got a phone call. Evolve. <laughs> yeah, I got a phone call for your dad yesterday. What did he say? Hey, what you doing uh, on Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, I don't know. I probably go over mother in law's house, and I said, Alonzo's folks are coming over. They're all going over his house. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Yana just had surgery, uh, had a procedure done. I was like, oh, okay. He was looking for you to uh, cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, want me to bring something. Yeah, he was working a lot of angles He was working on the phone. Yeah. And, uh, he led up to it. I, I mean, and my whole thing with her was, I mean, just, just write down what you want and we'll go order it. Right. I mean, there are plenty of places where you can order Thanksgiving dinner and it's really, really good. So. Right. But, I mean, it's an ego thing. She wants to cook Thanksgiving dinner, yeah, so yeah. she's going to cook it. So I want my own food. Yeah, so okay. Mm-hmm. There you but, go. But you know. But yeah, bring us something in case something falls through. <laughs> <laughs> cook an extra pot. Bring us some greens or something. Yeah. <laughs> Just cook an extra pot, please. Yeah. Your, your daddy brought up, he said, because uh, you know my daughter, she going to want to bring by four or five people. And I done told her. <laughs> I, and I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on his team with that one. Usually I was like, you know. But I mean, if you're going to invite people, uh-huh. I mean, can you cook like one dish? I mean, like at least one dish. <laughs> yeah, heard I mean, about her cooking just, either. No, but she actually doesn't. Yeah, yeah. she does. She does. I thought he was. Yeah, telling, not but telling the truth. Yeah, all right. She cook. Well, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Needless to say, man, you know we got a, a, a friend that's back. You know she's our black girl that rocks. You know the crush sweet, the owner herself, 
Miss Samara Garth. Hey, Hello. Samara. Welcome What's back. going on? What's going hey, on? Uh, oh, nothing much. Just getting in the holiday spirit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wish y'all could have saw the last little kick I did. Yeah, camera. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> I like the holidays. I really do. Yeah, because I see all that money you making on, uh, <laughs> on Instagram. It is baking time. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, yeah, like every other picture is some different cookies. Yeah. Like, like, that, oh, that would be a like perf time to cue, perfect time to cue in J. Cole's uh, Count It Up. I hear that in the background. Oh, yeah. 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 In the background. Well, you know, we had the, if we had the rights to it, this show would be on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we cannot afford the music. <laughs> 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 so just play in your head. Yeah. Speaking of uh, we on punishment count it up, still. Count it up, yeah. Count it, count it, count it. So speaking of Thanksgiving dinners, right quick, and I'm gonna go ahead and put myself out here and say this. So I'm going over to some good friends of mine for Thanksgiving, and I realized it would probably be wrong to bring a dueling dish. I'm on a schedule for pound cakes, sweet potato pound cake, uh-huh. and traditional pound cake. Uh-huh. And then I heard somebody else was making a dressing, and I was like. Mm. I don't know. I'm like, would it be wrong to bring another dressing when there's one that's I don't already know. That signed can up get, for? That can dressing, get kind man, of dressing is messy on Thanksgiving. And you notice, it's like everybody's got like an issue with yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a it messy thing. It can get a little thing, sticky, man. man. Yeah. It can get a little sticky, but yeah. people are very, very particular. proprietary mm-hmm. and particular about that. Yeah. So. I'm making and if you kinds. And if you bring something that's better, that's going to really be a problem. Ooh. That's going to be See? a problem. That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. So you're gonna get side eyed for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You probably ought to stick to the pancakes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dressing is a messy Just, thing. Yeah. 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 Serious business. I eat my mama's and mine. See? That's all I got to say. Yeah. And mine came from her, so Yeah, there you go. All right. See. But hey man, we have our uh we got another guest. She's our second doctor. All right. It's hand. We've had one doctor so far, a doctor of music, Dr. Estralita Bruce. Dr. E is a life coach, Christian counselor, and international motivational speaker. She is also the author of My Journey Towards a New Me, a memoir of how I turned trauma and loss into opportunities and how you can too. She has received her Master's of Science in Juvenile Forensic Psychology from Prairie View A&M University and a Doctorate of Philosophy in Christian Counseling from the South Florida Bible College and Theological Seminary. Dr. E is the, is, is the visionary and creator of A New Me, transparently, abundantly, with a mission to raise awareness to mental, emotional, and spiritual health by providing inspirational value, products, and services. Dr. E uses her platform, the men- oh, shoot, excuse me, Dr. E uses her platform in the mental health and ministerial industry by educating, encouraging, and equipping individuals with tools and resources to maintain self-care, experience transformation, and seek emotional wellness. Dr. E's approach inspires us to live healthy, whole, transparent, and abundant lives. She is also the creator of We Were Widows, a grief support community to help women process grief due to the loss of a spouse. Dr. E is passionate about helping others transform their traumas and losses into opportunities for wholeness and healing. She shares this perspective through her intimate and transparent approach in one-on-one, group, or large conference settings. With her many accomplishments and recognitions, Dr. E is most proud of being a wife to her husband, Brian, 
and a mom to two beautiful daughters, Corey and Anias. Anias. Did I say that right? Anais. There you go. Oh, Lord. You're supposed to practice names we early gonna, on. We're going to get into that later. Because uh, we actually did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I, oh, you done? You, you don't shade him today, man. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. You, you <laughs> it's my turn. Complete, Are you done? You need to complete this. Are you so done? This is a lot of gravitas coming through here. Yeah. We, we've never had this much here on this show. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dr. E, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome aboard. Thank you. you know. All I heard was, you better watch your language the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I heard. <laughs> we can't cut. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be Michael today. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you can. Please that's do. What the, uh, that's what the disclaimer was. What? I know, but you know. You know. Please I, be yourself. I, I am I am respectful occasionally. <laughs> well, we're just glad to have you on today. Yes, we are. And, um, and we want to thank Samara. Yes, thank for you, uh, linking us up with you. My pleasure. Appreciate that. You know, because when she she uh she texts me one day, when are y'all gonna do the health show? I don't know. <laughs> and you know what? I just want to say that I mean, this is like this this whole topic is like in the zeitgeist now. Everybody's talking about it. Exactly. But we've been talking about it for, for a, a while. Yeah, I mean, we, we wanted we wanted to we've like almost for a show year, for almost a year. Yeah. We wanted to do mm-hmm. this show, but now it's like a lot of people are really. Which is a good thing. Absolutely. Are really, really taking like mental health very, very seriously. Exactly. And people in the hip hop community and all that stuff and and I applaud that. But we are not we are not copying. We we, mm-hmm. we, we had this topic. We talked about it for a while yeah. because it's, it's an one. important topic. And you know, we've mentioned it on several shows yeah, over absolutely. the last yeah. Right. So whether yeah. we, whether we're copying it or not, hopefully somebody yeah. will get some health yeah. from it. Yeah. 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 But needless to say, man, what you've been listening to, Mike? Or what you've been, what's been happening in you your know musical journey this week? I've been listening to a lot of stuff, actually. Oh, yeah? Been, yeah, I've had a lot of long commutes, so I've been able to hear some things, but I'll highlight a couple of things. Uh, this morning, you know Mariah Carey has a new album out? I did not know, did that. know that. Okay. Yeah. There's no reason for you to know about it. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, it's it's dated. She, you mm. know, it's... it's uh, I mean, she could have put this album out ten years ago, and it, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's really dated. It's it's got it's got the same beat, same style. This is uh, uh, thirty minutes into the record, my wife says, "Do we have to keep listening to this?" <laughs> <laughs> she became a, me- a music critic. She All of like, a sudden, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and and you know, Mariah is like in my wife's wheelhouse. She loves Mariah, but she was like, "Yo." This is Mariah Carey. Yeah, really? It's not. A, it's not a Christmas album, right? I would expect it to be a Christmas because <laughs> I'm like, okay, she's singing some religious songs. Nah, I'm like, okay, that nah, sounds okay. Nah, okay, so, all right. If you if you have something else to do, do that other thing. Okay. But if you don't have anything else to do, you can listen to this record. Yeah. I, w- I would not. I don't think that's going to get another spin. But. Um, there are a couple of albums that I can talk about, but I'm going to talk about one in particular. It was uh, uh, this album called People of the Sun. It's by a cat named Marcus Strickland. He's a saxophone player. He's a tenor player. And he uh, he plays with uh, Christian McBride a lot. And uh, put out an album, and um, it is um, it's gumbo. It's uh, Fela. It's Miles Davis, it's uh, Herbie Hancock, it's uh, 
um, Robert Glasper. And he put that all in a little bowl and then he did his own thing on top of it. Right. And it is really, really cool. Uh, what I like about it most is the, you know, the, the Fela <laughs> rhythms, the stuff he did, you know, cause it's, you know, it's one of those, you know, we always talk about the, uh, rhythms that are in our DNA and he, he just, he takes a lot of Afro-Cuban, Afro-Caribbean, um, African rhythms and he plays them along with this, you know, uh, mixes it up with this jazz, this classical jazz thing. And it's a good, it's, it's really good. Like, um, that album probably, it checks in about 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I listened to it like three times in a row. I just kept listening to it. Mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't stop listening to it. I was just really, really enjoying it. So, uh, it's called Mark, uh, Mark Strickland Twilight. I meant to look up what Twilight meant. But, uh, or what he means by it, but mm -hmm. I haven't. I, I didn't get a chance to. I did look at his website. Mm -hmm. Another thing I found on his website that I thought was cool uh -huh. was he sells the charts to his uh, songs. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so you cool. can like go on his. You can go on his website, pick the, pick an album, and he'll sell you the charts from the from the album. Really? Yeah, and, and it's not it's, it's, it's really not expensive. It was like 20 25 bucks. Something <laughs> like that. And I was like, I'll just get him just to get him just to mm -hmm. see what, you know, just to see what he's doing with him, but uh I guess he, you know, some PDF or something you get them mm -hmm. online yeah. and you can print them if you yeah. need to or whatever. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty cool. That's that's an income stream I haven't seen before. I haven't yeah. seen yeah, that yeah, on anybody's website like, before. Well, I wonder yeah. how much money And I'm just thinking, that, you yeah. know, you know, albums don't sell anymore, especially jazz albums. So I, you know, most of their money comes from uh, touring. Mm -hmm. You know, and well, that's and, a good idea. You have a, like a young person saying, "Oh, I want to learn how to yeah. play this." So let me just get this music so, downloaded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get four people a day. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that's good grocery yeah, and gas money. From the entrepreneur, yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> she's like, yeah. so, <laughs> steady flow. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting. So um, that was that was the thing on his website that I, you know, I was clicking. I clicked on his website, and I saw that first, and then I looked at that, and I was like, wow. And then you know, something else took my attention, so I didn't I didn't look at the rest of the website, but that one thing kind of caught my attention so anyway album is people of the sun yeah. i'll leave it at that because you know i can go down a rabbit hole there were about three other albums that i listened to but i wanted to i wanted to at least uh tell you don't waste your time with uh homegirl <laughs> <laughs> and then uh marcus strickland's album i i i really like marcus strickland's album you should really check that yeah. one out okay. people of the sun okay what about you maurice uh is anybody gonna talk about uh anderson pot Okay, oh. I won't talk about it then. That was a good album. I won't talk about oh, it. Oh, let, <laughs> let, let me also say about People of the Sun, Bilal and Pharaoh Munch are on the album. Okay. So, you know, you know, he's doing a lot of things. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's, it's stretched out. So. so it goes from traditional to all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's dope. All right. So uh, uh, I have a couple. It was it's, it's a lot of good music coming out. Um Ace Clark, um, hip hop guy, uh, Mike. Would you like this album? I mean, it's a really good. Um, I almost want to call it a backpacker album, but it's like a New York hip hop. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't, New York hip hop that brings up a lot of stuff for for people. But it's got like 
uh, he's he's uh, the name of his album is uh, Black Privilege. Um, it's got Talib on it, uh, Benny Siegel's on it, Joel Ortiz is on it. I mean, and he can flow. Content is nice. Beats are nice. I just I recommend it for anybody, and I rec- especially recommend it for people who. You know, if you're not if you're not really into all of the cussing on albums, because I know that can get really, really, you know, for some people that can get really, really irritating. Mm-hmm. This is a really good album for that. I mean, the beats are good, and he's flowing, and he's not doing a whole lot of, you know, filth, floor and filth. But uh, it, it's good. I like mm-hmm. it. I think a lot of people would like it. And uh, also, just shout out to you know, we're not getting paid by them, but uh, <laughs> um, the. Um, the uh, Spotify is sending me some good recommendations and they sent me one called Radiant Children. And it's like this three, uh, three person band with a female vocalist. And I think there's She's a female. Oh, uh, what am I supposed to say? I'm sorry. Okay. She's, uh, she's cursed out. we had a whole issue around female women. Don't like being called female. <laughs> and look, I had to, rec- I'm like, what is she, is she not a female? Is she yeah. What are we, where are we going with this one? Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. She, Zero offense. She, she is a woman there who is, go. who is a singer. Uh, she's a songstress. Let's, let's do that. And, and, uh, it's got kind of a, um, I don't know if it, I don't know I, I don't know what else to call it, but a lot of the new artists sound neo soul. Yeah. But I don't know if they want to call it neo soul because yeah. that's like you know somebody else's music. But uh, they they are really really good. Uh, they have an album out. Um, I don't know the name of the album, but Radiant Children is the name of the group. They're really good. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, what about you, Miss Crush Sweets? Um, thank you for asking about Anderson Pack. You didn't have to be so kind enough. No, to no, no. I, it's a good album, so I know no. somebody else want to talk about it. Um, and I haven't listened to the whole album, but um, about half of it. And I've been following him probably for about a good year and a half, maybe even two years. So it's really cool to see the evolution of him as an artist. And I've also followed him on Instagram. So do you follow him on Instagram? I do. And he's funny. He's yeah. very entertaining. Very. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. watching him yeah. get excited yeah. about the album and just really keeping people tuned in throughout the whole process with mm-hmm. him and Dre mm-hmm. and going back to the studio. Right. And he really is enjoying what he's doing in, in his element. And you hear all of that yeah. in his music. Um, the song with, Actually, it was with J. Cole. I really like that one. I kept mm-hmm. rewinding it just because it sounds good. It's a different sound. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out the arrangement and the instruments. And then it kind of switches rhythm with the vocals yes. and all that. Yes. So for one minute of a song to do that, mm-hmm. you got me. Mm-hmm. And that was just one song. And the other song that I really enjoyed was the one with him and Q-Tip. Um, yeah. Got a little politics in there. Uh, pretty blunt and to the point along with other topics. So Q-Tip being on there, one, I appreciated the fact that he did not try to do something that was not him. Mm -hmm. He was himself still being relevant, still recognizing the fact that it's a different sound, but he's in it and also bringing his personal experience to it. And that also um, led me to remember his experiences with mental health, which leads directly in what we're talking about about and he referenced it a bit in the lyrics there but he's someone who um i think was 98 when he lost everything in his home in that fire all the recordings all of his vinyl the computers he lost literally all of his music and as a result 
took a step back and um, specifically took a step back out of the spotlight to work on his mental health and really had to crawl through that. And lo and behold, Tribe got back together. They're working on a great album, lots of stuff in between. There was a really good article that I actually pulled up late this morning. Um, I'll send it to you guys because it was really good. It was actually written in 2016, so it was not that long ago. And it talked about the immense loss Mm -hmm. that they're still dealing with. Even after that album, in 2016, Fife had only passed away for like maybe a couple years. So it was still really fresh, which means it's still really fresh right now for them. So just looking at this awesome artist over many a decades who's had all this success and, you know, yet we're all human. You have to deal with that mental health aspect of life because it comes at you and how you deal with it you're either going to sneak or swim and i just i remembered all that and just really kind of sat and thought about it with q-tip i agree i mean i think it's a really good album i really like the point you made about the way that that um they do the same thing that uh he did the same thing on a lot of the songs that the internet does the group the internet where they start a song out with this beat yeah. and then they totally go into another beat and finish the song off with different yeah. i love that and, the, and so they're the actually music, making the, the content is really good too right exactly <laughs> yeah the uh i like the song tense because yeah. you know i've I become yeah. the big kendrick lamar stand, yeah and it's so really good yeah kind of I, have, I haven't got really I haven't got past the Snoop Dogg song yet, so I it's didn't I didn't know. Um, it's gonna be song. on my. Uh, you said we're gonna do a top fifteen show. Gotta do this top fifteen instantly. This yeah, without question. Yeah, is on it. My it's own. on it. Yeah, I'm gonna have a hard time with my top fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I liked more records than I thought I did. Hey, that's yeah. a good thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. But anyway, break it down. Yeah. You, you'll be able to break it down one day. You break it down. <laughs> I have two top 15s. Mm. Dr. E. Yes. What about yourself? You know, it's your first time on here. I know you, you wrote a book, so I know you read books. And yes. So what <laughs> are you into? Um, I'm actually into music as well. Um, and music, obviously mental health and um, physical activity into that. Um, it's all a part of just kind of like the self-care. But, you know, I love the conversations and just how, you know, we really don't understand how much music really impacts our lives. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what Dick, Dick Clark says this. He says that music is the soundtrack of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, because we can listen to a song or music and then it can invoke a certain emotion. So when Samara was talking about um, Q-Tip and just his journey and, you know, Tribe Called Quest and you know, you want to know about the mental status of an artist, listen to their lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about, I, I automatically think about Mary J. Blige yeah. and just mm-hmm. her, the evolution of hey, man. her. We can have a Mary J. You J. know, I mean, Mary J. Let's not. <laughs> I'm a Mary J. fan. <laughs> and, and, and part of the reason why I love Mary J. is her journey. Yes. Her journey is like, and, and I have to say that her music, I don't like a. This is really kind of like, I'm embarrassed to say this a little bit, but her music is not as good when it's not about that yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. Because true. I was feeling her when, mm-hmm. with those first two albums. I was just kind of like, you weren't feeling the dancery. <laughs> no, I wasn't feeling oh, that. Oh, the dancery. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but that, but that whole discussion about the journey. I mean, that's really important. I really, yeah. That's she's. That's and, one of the reasons why I like and her. And we did a show a couple of uh, a few shows ago about. Um, 
the science behind nostalgia and music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. you know how the music s- triggers areas in your brain yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. did that a couple of couple of shows ago yeah yeah that's cool so i don't know if i answered your question i just kind of went down no, that's, that's not a question just, hey i have a quick question okay sorry did i mean you know just out of curiosity um what music do you listen to when you work out I'm very ratchet when I work out. <laughs> me, me, me too. I just wondered. Yeah, oh, I, that I, took a turn. It did. <laughs> so I can cuss now. <laughs> so we, you know, I, I heard the introduction. You know, maybe you know, it's so funny. Let me tell you guys. I was on my way here, and I was actually listening to. I, it's just my gym music. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in what I do, I, I obviously have a strong relationship with God, and I'm a Christian counselor, but. I can't get hype listening to worship music, even if it's like Lecrae or somebody like that mm-hmm. that yeah. raps. Yeah. No, I want to hear Lil Baby. I need Lil I Wayne. Want, I need Kendrick yeah. Lamar. Something I need all, I need all the Paula Deen approved you, words. Okay, okay. Yes. Get you emotion. So the other the album that I listened to that I didn't want to talk about was uh, The Pimp Tape by Too Short. <laughs> he just put out a record called The Pimp Tape. And I decided not to talk about it because... <laughs> But since hey. we talking about no, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm serious. That's the that's yeah. the type of yeah. music that I listen to because um, I mean it's just it. Even when I listen to it on the radio and I'm driving, I'm going to an event and um, I'm like ready to work out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it sends me into a um a mental space. It triggers you know? an area in your brain. Yeah. It's time yeah, to start it's moving. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, makes, I it makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. I listen to a lot of stuff that. I'm trying to be hype that uh, I, w- I wouldn't normally listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I normally listen to all of them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. All of them. Yeah. But, me yeah, too. I, I can't sit around and just listen to Lil Wayne. That doesn't do anything yeah. for me. Yeah, me either. But if I'm, yeah, but he, if he I gets need a little to, harsh after the second or third. If I need third, to uh, do yeah. something and I need that, you know, I need that movement, mm-hmm. then I can listen to Lil Wayne. I can listen to Too Short. Uh, you know, you'll have to come back when we do our show on uh, gospel music. Okay, uh, oh, yeah, because yeah, you've been wanting to do that one for a long time too, and too. with Aretha Franklin. And, yeah, you know, and we need it. to have like different perspectives on it, okay. like people who are like that's uh, people an excellent who, idea. People who don't, people who think that okay, this is the only thing that you should be listening to ever. And are and you then, talking about from a maybe like from a belief and faith based perspective? Yeah, yeah, person? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I want to no, talk about that just a little bit because I remember when I just totally went all in. Right, you have that moment, and I just completely stopped listening to secular music, and I realized that when I did that, it was good for me to just kind of you know just strengthen my relationship. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's what I needed in the mm-hmm. moment. But the more mature that you get, you can start to see that there has to be a just a balance in life yeah. mm-hmm. because. I mean, I have gotten many revelations listening to whatever music. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's just my yeah. a yes. personal relationship that I have, you know, with God. And he's just like, I don't care what you listen to. I need to speak to you the right now. The message will come whenever will when come. the message comes. Yeah. You know? The best-selling gospel album of all time is Purple Rain. <laughs> It okay, that, that's that's a, that's a hot take. Well, wow. You know it is. So. Well, yeah, there there are some religious references all the whole album is 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 an old to God. That. So, you could yeah. argue that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, like when I was, it's funny because when I was on my way here, okay, I'm just. 
confession. I was actually listening to a little bit of Ratchet, right? And I was like, you know, I, but because I know how to, when I'm preparing, I have to put myself in a mental space. So I'm like, okay, no, I can't listen to this because I'm totally, it's just throwing my mental space off. Right. And so I'm like, okay, well, I listen to maybe something easier, like just kind of jazz. But again, that's just not my space mm-hmm. before I'm getting ready to do something. So I went straight to Jesus. Right. <laughs> so it went from, you know, zero to 10 real right. quick. Right. But there, there has to be a balance. So, and even yeah. within the whole like continuum of gospel music, I mean, there are people who just want to kind of like, you know, stay in this like dotty people's lane and, yes. you know, and do this traditional, very, very. And then, you know, if you do anything, like if you, you know, get out there with the wine and I mean, you're kind of like doing something really. Yeah. And then, you know, Lecrae, mm-hmm. that's like, oh, OK, what's what's really going on? So yes. there's like this whole, you know, to me, a lot of people have their their own like set rules within the music. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good to hear different perspectives about it and what, what people think about uh, gospel music, because I've listened to it for a long time and I listen to a lot of different kinds mm-hmm. of it. And I never made the, um, I never made the, uh, not, I'm not listening to gospel music. Mm-hmm. I've always like listened to it, but I've never like, okay, I'm exclusively listening to it. And this is what I have to listen to right now. But, right. So, but I, I understand what you just said yeah. about that. I mean, that's in order to, you know, solidify your relationship. That's what you need to get into that and be yeah. like in that cocoon for a minute and, and get mm-hmm. yourself right. But, uh, I mean, that's a good perspective, so we definitely need you back for that. Cool. For sure. I look forward to it. Right on. <laughs> what you been listening to now? Actually, man, <clears throat> I didn't listen to anything. I was actually strolling through Tidal and ran across the uh, series Side Hustle. Have y'all watched it? <laughs> no, you told me about it, though. Uh, what's that? Well, what's Side Hustle is where they interview rappers and show how they are diversifying their portfolio. Oh, that's interesting. Like uh, selling the charts? Oh, I guess you can't sell a sample, huh? Well, you know, when I when I say that, you we talk, I mean, you know, of course we know Rick Ross that has the checkers. I mean, they've all and they've Stop. all done it to me. They, that's what they to me. That's one of the reasons yeah. why I'm like it's not even about the music, the music anymore. Board, yeah. It's just like this is another entryway into business, right? Because I'm gonna start a clothing line. I'm gonna uh, start my and, alcohol. And, I'm and start especially my for black whatever. men, because yeah, we don't have the kind of mentorship in business in you a got, lot of cases, and I we got to find money. Yeah, we have to find our seed money somewhere else. Yeah, because we don't get out of college and have to call, you know, uncle, and say, "Hey, loan me a hundred thousand so I can do such and such." Oh, you don't you don't get a small loan for a million dollars from your dad, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which turned out to be a four hundred million dollar right, 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 right. You're listening to Psycho Music Lyricology Podcast. I knew you had and, something uh, with and he alcohol. Has the tequila now. But what I did know was that uh, Style P and Jada Kiss have a uh, juice a juice bar yeah. called Juice for Life, and where they put it into the Bronx and all the neighborhoods that they came from, and so forth and so on. Which kind of, you know, I'm like, well, you know what? They did something for the community, opposed to these other ones, are doing something that's you know, putting you in another mind state. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I like that one. And I had heard about that one before. And it directly speaks to the whole issue of 
food deserts in uh, exactly yeah. in uh, urban communities. So that's because uh, they both lost a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he well, he talked about that. Yeah. He talked about how the people that started coming to the store, coming to their uh, juice bars, how you could see a change in their health and their well, I mean, in their weight mm-hmm. and everything, man. And I was like, wow, they have like four locations now. Get ready to open up a fifth, third, fourth or fifth location and everything. So I was uh, I was just like, man, why we can't have any juice bars around here in our neighborhood. Cause yeah. We can. It just takes, a, you know, somebody doing that, having, you know, the, the foresight to do it. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it takes you know, the effort. You yeah, because everywhere you look over here is chicken, chicken, chicken. <laughs> Maybe we could juice chicken. <laughs> yeah. Some way, somehow they will one day. Yeah. You know, so, but needless to say, man, well, you know, since this is such a subject for you, Maurice, a topic that you just been wanting to dig yeah, into yeah, yeah. since day one. we've been talking about it for a while, so, yeah, yeah uh, uh, I kind of started calling you Dr. Leader from the jump hit. That works. <laughs> okay, Dr. Leader. <laughs> so, so, Dr. Leader, you and yeah. I had a brief conversation, and mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, some of the things that we want to talk about on the show, and... Uh, I'll start with the first thing, which was the article in uh, Psychology Mm -hmm. Today Mm -hmm. um, that discussed the whole creativity and mental illness Mm -hmm. and the the connection or the lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, Just give me your thoughts on that article. What did you think about it? Well, it was very interesting. Um, It was really new information for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to read it several times. But when you talk about that connection um, and I did some research myself, they were just basically saying that, um, that, that there are tests and like clinical assessments that, that can't actually prove a connection between the two, the creativity and the mental illness. Um, And then there are people who are creative that just have mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so um, the thing about that is, Mental mental illness, this is what I found, mental illness symptoms tend to block or derail creativity, whereas mental health, um, I'm sorry, block or de- derail creativity. So when a person is actually having some type of episode, then obviously it's going to be a barrier for them to create mm-hmm. because of their mental capacity. Um, but when it comes to the creativity and, and mental wellness, um, it's just it just really wasn't a connection and, but, and I thought this article was interesting yeah. because I had a bias because I mm-hmm. wanted there to be a connection. I don't yeah. know why I wanted there to be a connection. I guess I thought it would <laughs> explain some stuff for me. But when I read it, it made sense that it yeah. said that, you know, nothing really comes out of you creatively when you're in the depths yeah. of of mental illness. And that, and that makes sense. But I get we see people's lives and we, we see artists out there mm-hmm. and we see them. But. Um, I don't know that we ever really uh, make the connection of, oh, they're, they're going through this thing. And yep. now as well, just the whole Mar- the Mary J conversation mm-hmm. I made, uh, that's, that's the equation I applied to that was, you know, she was going through something. And now as a result of that, we got this really, really good music. Yeah. But it really, when I really look at it, it wasn't, it was, that was a very healthy thing that she did as a result of it. She wasn't, she wasn't doing anything uh, mentally unhealthy throughout. She was actually creating as a result of that process, which kind of really totally eliminates the whole possibility of her going through a mental illness at the time. She was just. Yeah. Well, you know that I read another article where it talked about how 
there are people that are just creative every single day. They'll just wake up and they'll, I don't know, they'll paint, they'll create music. I mm-hmm. mean, but then there are people that, um, that need this, a part of them. So it's, they need that outlet, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like that, um, that good, healthy, way of just kind of managing what is going on in their lives. For instance, when I have a client, um, I usually like to ask them, what do they ideally like to do? What's their hobbies? You know? Mm. So many, like for me, I I like to write a lot of uh, clients that I have, they like to journal. So that's Mm. a, a creative outlet for them. And I'm like, well, start creating your story, start sharing your story. So when you talk about that whole music and creation it's um it's a cathartic way for them to just express themselves in a healthy way versus gonna go hit that bottle mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. or that you know drug abuse or whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's a great outlet for them i think that you and you just kind of outlined the fact what the article really because uh, the connection that we see when we see these with when we see creative and mental illness is we see a departure from the norm so mm-hmm. if we see a creative person, they're not doing what you normally do. They're they're creating something. They're creating a whole new story or whatever. But then yeah. this this person that's going through this mentally mental illness, their departure. They're going through a departure too. But we're but a lot of us look at that departure and and we just equate both of them into the same thing. Like yeah. okay, this person is is departing from the norm because they're creative and mentally ill. But that's yeah. not necessarily what's going on. Yeah, it's it's just two different two different things happening at the same time mm-hmm. so i mean was your assertion that you, you it almost sounds like you're trying to make the assertion that you once believed that you had to be uh, yeah. there had to be some kind of mental disorder to be that creative and, and yeah and the reason why i say that is because of a lot of jazz artists who uh suffer from mental illness mm-hmm. but what the connect the connection what i wasn't really equating to the connection is when they weren't suffering from the mental illness is when they were able to create mm-hmm. and when they had their issues under control is when they were able to create. And then when things got out of hand is when uh, you see, you saw the evidence like addiction or whatever, mm-hmm. that's their symptoms not being treated. So the the author in this article is saying that if, if you, ha- if you have somebody who, who is creative and does have mental illness, when they're able to, when they're creating is when their mental illness is not is not at its height. Mm-hmm. So I also read the article and I thought maybe I, my one of my questions was and I always I, I guess I think I think this way about um, people who have deficient senses like um, um, Stevie Wonder, Jose Feliciano, you know, where they're they have this incredible genius from. Uh, in one angle in their ears versus you know they've lost their sight so their 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 other senses heightened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in my mind I always thought that that was a way to control mental illness like um, if um, if I felt an episode coming on I grab my horn you know to to kind of fight that off mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I could, I and that's yeah because so that's the way i thought about creativity and mental illness like and I, we're gonna I get back to dr leader because yeah. i think that is a component yeah. self-care yeah is a way to yeah. not because, get to a point you know, where i have you know I've, I, I, I've been close to people who are incredibly creative and you can almost see 
you can. I mean, it's it's almost a visual thing. You can almost see them go. I'm not feeling good. Let me grab my horn, or I'm not feeling good. Yeah. Let me start writing, or let me start painting, or whatever. I'm not. You know, I'm I'm almost thinking. That's the way I thought about. Well, um, if I may, let me interject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. a really good thing. First, um, when you guys had talked about the science of just like music, because of what it does, it does release dopamines in the body, which is that that good feeling. Um, and then also I read about um, another chemical in our body called oxytocin, which is like a, it's called a cuddle, um, it's kind of like a cuddle feeling. Basically, mm-hmm. if a if a mother is singing to a child, it's that, it's a physical feeling that, that Security. happens. Security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you talk about producing music that helps a person feel good, it's a physiological thing that happens within a person. So it, it can really change the emotion of that person. Mm-hmm. It is almost like that internal medicine to their soul versus actually taking a physical pill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, it's speaking to that inner part of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's, let's jump to a, another topic that you and I talked about. Uh, we're going to talk about some, some prominent people who are going through mental illness, but I want to go back because you're, you're kind of going down the road of okay. the uh, music as therapy. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think we've said it before, and it's kind of something that we talk about tongue-in-cheek, but it's a real, real, it's, yeah. it's a real thing. And um, I work in healthcare, and okay. um, we actually... You, there's actually a, such a thing in hospice as a music therapist mm-hmm. that you can bill for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an actual real thing. So um, talk about that whole, the, 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 the realness or continue the discussion about music as therapy. Okay. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because again, just all the, the information that you've given me and the topics that you wanted to discuss. I mean, I think it was really, really great. So, Um, There were four things that I found when it comes to, um, you know, music and and therapy. And one, as I just talked about, was emotional. You know, music evokes emotion. It can make it can actually change mood. So if I'm going to use this as an example, this is obviously not a preacher. I'm not preaching, but I'm using this as an example in terms of um, you've heard of King David and Saul Mm -hmm. and remember when Saul had this troubling spirit or something over him and he wanted somebody to come in and play music Mm -hmm. and David came in and he played the harp and it actually Mm -hmm. said that it soothed it and whatever spirit that he had, it was, it went away because of the soothingness of, and I mean, it was a greater purpose behind all of that. But if you just think about the music of it, it changed his mood. Right, right, right. So that's emotional. Um, two, um, it also helps with memory. Music helps with memory. Um, I'm going to read this. It's really short. It says, in 2009, a study from uh, Peter Janata at the University of California, um, he found that there is a part of the brain that associates music and memories when we experience emotional um, salient and episodic memories that are triggered by familiar songs from our personal past and so when I was reading that that um that paragraph it talked about a man who had dementia and he was physically like he was downtrodden head down and 
the the health whoever was in his care i guess the um the nurses or mm-hmm. they wanted to reach out to his family and say you know what type of music did he listen to mm-hmm. so as soon as they put the music they found out made a playlist for him his countenance changed mm-hmm. and it's because of what i said about dick clark right. you know music is a soundtrack of our lives where he may not have been expressive in what he was thinking but something happened in right. him so it helps with memory um and then third, learning and neural, I know it's kind of big words, but learning and neuroplasticity. So um, so the neuroplasticity means that it's the brain's ability to recognize itself by forming new neural connections throughout life. Mm-hmm. So meaning that if a person were like brain damaged in some way, that music can actually kind of reform certain structures within a brain. Wow. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. makes sense, yeah. Yeah. My gra- you know, my grandmother was suffering from dementia, almost Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing that I remember the whole time she was in a nursing home, the one thing she never forgot was hymns. Yeah. She, she, you could start, you, you can, you yeah. can, I mean, any hymn that you would, you know, start to line, she could sing with you. She wow. might not have known what else was going on around, but she would always remember hymns. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, uh, course you know the connection really uh, uh, to god but that was a part of who she was Mm -hmm. you know she she sang hymns all the time she would just sit around the house and pull out sheet music and just sing hymns Mm -hmm. so you know when she got down to the point where she just couldn't have like real conversations and those kinds of things you start singing a hymn she was all in Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. she was all in yeah there you go yeah and then the fourth thing is attention so music can help us with focus um, I'll just use myself as an example. When I was writing my dissertation, there was, um, uh, I was listening to Pandora radio and there's this, um, radio, uh, station called theory, David and theory, David was, it was like a instrumental. Um, I can't even explain what even type of music it is. Mm-hmm. It's not classical, but whatever type of music that it was, I mean, I'm gonna give you guys the information so y'all can just kind of check it out it just puts me in this mode of like focus, you know? Wow, okay. And, um, it didn't have any words to it. Like I said, it was just, I don't know it, it. I think it just created some type of deep brain wave to help me just like, look, girl, you need, <laughs> you need to write this paper. Okay. <laughs> okay. Little baby, not going to get it for right. you. Okay. But, um, but no, it really does help with like attention mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I listen to Stanley Clark for all my, uh, High school finals, like my whole okay. senior year. I don't know what it was. My sister mm. hates Stanley Clark to this day. But I, something <laughs> like a river, something by the river. But Stanley Clark was the only thing that I could study to mm-hmm. whenever I had all my tests. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's weird to me, I can't listen to music. I was right. going to say the same I can't thing. Do it. I can't Because I'm it. focusing on I'm the music. If the television is on, I can block that out. Yeah. Wow. But if music is playing, I'm listening to the music. Right. It's just not, it's not yeah. anything that's, that's going to stop. Too. Me, me from li- it's a, you know I I mean you I'm know, just so everybody's surprised. brain yeah <laughs> I'm really not I mean I have a podcast on music way, but yeah I mean I I, yeah. I remember I used I mean it took me years to figure out that I couldn't like you know in high school you know you'd be playing music and trying to study it took me years to figure out that that was the problem. 
but like, I couldn't figure out. Like, I'm exactly <laughs> like that. But to your point earlier, when you were outlining those four things, you yeah. said that it. Uh, I think one you were talking about flow, or um, it helps your uh, attention or whatever. Yeah. And once I get my thoughts together, like um, at work, I have to. If I'm thinking about some requirements that I have to write for something, once I outline my thoughts and say, "This is how I'm going to go through my thoughts." I can turn on the music and then just go mm. because the thoughts are already organized and now the music just kind of facilitates everything because it's like helping me move yeah. everything in my mind. So I can actually, I don't listen to hip hop and do that, but I can listen right. to like, you can't listen to ratchet and do that. I can't do that. I can listen <laughs> to some, like some good jazz or, you know, whatever. And it'll just, you know, the music will just kind of help me finish whatever it is that I'm doing. But in or before I can like get my in order to get those thoughts together, maybe, maybe that's my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get the thoughts together get the in thoughts silence first, <laughs> yeah. and then when then it's time to yeah, yeah, then when it's yeah. time to just start writing, that, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's I'm trying exactly to learn something. Yeah, and you know, that's exactly. Q-tip is rapping. I'm yeah. listening to Q-tip. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna know all yeah. the lyrics right. to the Q-tip song. Right. But right. I'm not gonna know anything I was supposed right. to learn. Yeah. yeah. So it does help that in that way. Um. Another topic that I that I uh, wanted to talk to you about, mm-hmm. and, I, and and I don't know what your thoughts. I don't know what anybody's thoughts are. So we'll we'll get some new some interesting theories on this. Black people in mental health, or people of color in mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Um, well, when you gave me Taraji, Taraji P Henson, because mm-hmm. she started a foundation yep. to help African Americans and to I guess debunk the myths and eliminate the stigmas of it um what thinking about the history of you know african-americans and mental health um when you think about like is it tuskegee tuskegee uh, the experiment yeah Yeah. the experiment so when you think about the history of like slavery first and how black people were like looked as animals so when you think about health in general we didn't have the same type and I'm half black, so I can say that. Okay. Um, um, but we didn't have the same luxuries, I would say, or the same access to healthcare Mm -hmm. as most people did. Mm -hmm. So the thing that we really drew, we were drawn to was faith and community. So, um, where we didn't, we just figured things out on our own and, you know, growing up in a black household, our problems are our problems. You know, you don't put your right. business out. Right. And so it it was it was needed at the moment because you're you know, you're trying to protect your family. But now that there is so much exposure to mental health now, um I think the African Americans are becoming more vocal about it and saying that we do have to eliminate that stigma. But it does have to do with the treatment of African Americans in in health. Never, first. I never made that connection. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Uh, I mean, it's not it's something that's like crystal clear once you think about it. Yeah, that we we had a fear of institutions, and yes. especially and and healthcare was within that institution, Absolutely. rightfully so, because Very. because yeah. they were yeah. uh, and, persecuting and, people and our heavy adherence to religion. We think we can pray everything. Oh away. yeah, most that's definitely, right. most definitely. Yeah, we can. You know. But as a result, we have people who are now in this cocoon and, you know, you're, you're, I read an article to your point about this uh, uh, writer whose mom just, uh, I think she committed suicide because 
she wanted to pray away her schizophrenia. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, no, this is just like diabetes. You need some help. You need yeah. to exactly. get, you and need you a, go. you need a clinician that can help you with whatever tools they have to help you get through this, whatever you got going on. The first psychiatrist that I met personally, that I have a personal relationship with is also a, um, uh, ordained minister. And I always thought that was like, you know, when I first met her, this was 20 years ago. I thought that was weird. You know what I mean? Because I was always like. Because the two things like, were just so. Yeah, 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 it just didn't, black it folks didn't matter. And, and you get didn't seeking, match. Seeking that type. Right. Of, yeah, yeah. And then when she started talking to me and started you know, making, sense. making sense. And one of the first things she said to me, she was like, well, you know the God you serve is an intelligent God. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to start talk, thinking about, you know, he's smart. So <laughs> he, he works mm-hmm. on your brain too. Right. And he puts people in place who can help you with Absolutely. your brain as well. And so it took a long, it, you know, when you first learn those things, you don't, you know, you, yeah. at first you don't think about it, but then, you know, after a while I was like, I get it now, you mm-hmm. know? And so we just have to get, you know, and, and, and it's always been, you know, Terrell, Texas, you know, living here. You tell somebody you're from Terrell or you know somebody in Terrell, Terrell being the place where the mental hospital yeah, is or oh, was. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That, that yeah. was like the whole big thing, you know, mm-hmm. you know. And so I grew up not wanting to tell people that my family was from Terrell. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, that was that uh-huh. was a big thing, you know, because they're like, well, what's wrong with you? Or your granddaddy must be yeah. crazy. You know, mm-hmm. it just ain't nobody in terrible crazy people so how did they get out well let me speak to that because my dad grew my dad was in the military and um i grew up with a father who was diagnosed with schizophrenia Mm -hmm. so we would take a lot of trips to tarot Mm -hmm. and and you know we we would and so just watching my dad have those mental episodes and just we were a very strong faith-based family my grandmother's strong and and we went to church you know two or three times a week um we as little you if you can if you can sing or somewhat (laughs) sing you're gonna be in a choir you know you're gonna serve at some capacity and so when you think about that whole the religion piece when you said you can't can't pray those things away and I think that that's the mindset of a lot of maybe African-Americans is just the lack of education. Mm-hmm. And then if education is being brought to them, it's like, Ooh, this is new information. Like, how do I digest this? Mm-hmm. This is what I've been learning all my life. So it's a formed belief system. And now you messing up with my beliefs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so now I'm having to reconstruct my mind and open up myself, something up to quote unquote, what white people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. just not, not easily accepted until the African-American community comes out and says, this is a real issue. And you're starting to see that now, which is a beautiful thing. It is. It really is. It really is. It really is. I mean, does anybody, um, I mean, personally in my family, I still see it with, uh, 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 if I had a conversation with my father, he would probably have the older perception of, uh, Oh, they, you know, they're touched or you know whatever (laughs) and not really Mm -hmm. you know have a diagnosable issue but my mom is like really really progressive about those types of things do do you actually see those those ideas changed in your own personal family i know you i mean Mm -hmm. out of necessity have seen those changes happen i would uh i just from my from my mother's standpoint 
um, I think for her it would be an embarrassing thing. Yeah. You know, like she might accept it. It may take her a while to, you know, if I said, look, I, you know, I got some issues and I need to be here and blah, blah, blah. But it wouldn't be the same thing as if Mike had a heart condition. Right. Yeah. 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 She'd be like, yeah, hurry up and get to the doctor. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and uh, I, in, in my own personal thing, my own personal life, you know, having marriage counseling, Mm -hmm. you know, was like, all right, do we. You know, that's interesting. I want to you know. That's kind of business. the for the, the, the entryway for yeah. a lot of men into yeah. the whole counseling yes. thing. So that's like, so true. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 We we going. Wait, this. Can we just go to the preacher? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> why are we going to tell somebody this mess? Yeah. Because, you know, and, and it was just, you know, it's it's a um, and it's not that I was afraid because, you know, it it was just. It was just an experience that was like really, really new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I didn't know anybody, you know, other than you know the the psychiatrist that I knew. But you know, she's a medical doctor, so you mm-hmm. you see medical issues in your brain that causes you know mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And I and what was happening at my house wasn't a medical thing. It was two people who just you know. Couldn't see eye to eye. We gotta you straighten know, this out. Gotta, huh? yeah, it, you, know, you know, I, you know, I think she's crazy. She think I'm crazy. But, you know. <laughs> it, it wasn't necessarily a medical issue. The counselor helps you be crazy together. <laughs> so you know, it wasn't. It wasn't like we needed medicine or anything. But so you know, I think, uh, I, and I think. I think actually that has helped me come to grips with a lot of uh, understanding that people need. Absolutely. Sometimes you just need somebody to help you work through that. Yeah. That yeah, shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just sometimes your mind gets caught up in a whole bunch of stuff that you can't yeah. work out yourself. Yeah. You know, and I was having a discussion recently about this man who was talking about how he uh, he uh, he had he had married this woman and figured out while he was married, how broken he was, mm-hmm. you know, and it took a lot of counseling for him to figure that out. You know, he didn't just, you know, he didn't realize how broken he was and it took a lot of counseling mm-hmm. to, to kind of help him through that kind of thing. And then I realized, and one of the things he realized or that he was talking about was, you know, I had to come to grips with the fact that I needed help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think that a lot of us need help. We just need somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. But we haven't. uh, I feel like everybody at some point in their lives could benefit from a counselor. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) At some point in your life. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. um, Our our family, we didn't grow up, you know, talking about going to, to talk to someone about your feelings. You know, you go in the room, be quiet, shut the door. That's the end of the discussion. Um, Put on some Sade. <laughs> pretty much. <Right. laughs> Cry on a pillow. Um, but me personally, for the first time last year, I reached out to a therapist, and it was one of the best things that I mm-hmm. could have done for myself. I knew I was in a very tricky time in some serious transition, and I've been in places like that before, not quite like that. But in the past, I would what they call suffer in silence. And that did not help me at all. Right. Mm-hmm. I definitely know that that had my 
emotions, you know, close to or in the pit of depression. And what I learned is the key is to manage it, not to mute it. Mm -hmm. And you just need to find a safe person to go to. But I think everybody should go see a therapist. At least, you know, pick it even a couple times a year. Just go just to have someone who you can just really let it all out with. Um, I recently read Charlemagne the God's book and I really applaud, commend and appreciate him. And that goes to the whole um, thought pattern that more people are talking about it, which is an awesome thing. And I really like the fact that he did it because he's, I mean, he hardcore brother. He represents the whole male mystique, hip hop. Yeah. I gotta be hard. And for him to be that transparent and to put himself out there. And the one thing that he said that makes a lot of sense and might be able to connect with people whenever something is wrong, whenever something doesn't feel right, you take it to go get checked in. You take your car to go get a checkup. You know, you go get a physical checkup. And he's like, why isn't our brain, our emotional health, our mental state? Mm -hmm. Why should that be any different? If something feels off, there are professionals that can help you make it mm-hmm. feel back on. Absolutely. You know, and the funny thing about that, what you just said is I read a tweet from him just a couple of days ago. And he was saying, you know, when I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, and he was saying uh, somebody tweeted him and said, you know, I wish you quit talking about this stuff. And he basically was like, when I'm talking about bitches and hoes, you ain't got no problem with right. it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now I'm talking about your mental health. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's <laughs> got Now everybody, <laughs> now, now everybody doesn't want to talk yeah. about right. that. So that, that speaks to a global issue in our community yeah. because that's who he directly affects is our community, right? Mm-hmm. And so now somebody in the community is just saying, there's something wrong with you. Well, yeah, let's look at the history of your tweets. Do you have a problem with him talking about bitches and hoes? But now you got a problem with this. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's, you know, I thought, and I thought about the show when I was reading that and I was, I was going to bring see, uh, Charlemagne up and I forgot about it. But yeah, that, that, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a, uh, a moment in time that, you know, like it was illuminating for me mm-hmm. that how many people just really don't want to deal with uh, 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 the health you know, of our, uh, mm-hmm. of our, our, of ourselves, of mm-hmm. yourself. You don't want to deal with your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, to your point, Samara, you said that, you know, and I think Michael had brought up the point too, like something wrong with your heart. You don't think twice right, about right, right. going to the emergency room. Um, but I often use the analogy too. you talk about the maintenance, the mental maintenance, you know, um, a physical, I'm sorry, massage therapist. They always suggest you get a, a massage at least once a month, right? Because it mm-hmm. works out kinks. Right. You're actually releasing toxins right. in your body. Right. There's a bunch of knots and stuff because you sitting wrong or you're in front of the computer too too much. So there is not just that physical part, but it helps reduce like headaches and um, just anxieties, like stress, all of that. So when I think about that, that just kind of self-care piece when you think about the mental health piece like we need a mental massage on a monthly basis there are some kinks in our minds and our (laughs) thought processes that we need to process on a out at least once a month Mm -hmm. you know um 
because things recur. And if, especially if you're like new to therapy, I mean, I guarantee you, which is why a lot of people are afraid of it. You do have to be ready for it. But there are some things in our past that impacts our current situation and can constantly impact our future if we're if we don't take it seriously you know if we don't take it like okay like I'm gonna go get my hair done I'm gonna get my nails done you know you can beautify all these outward things I'm gonna go get this shave I'm gonna go get this cut for the men but you're jacked up on the inside like you know that's because the emphasis that has not been put on it um, but we are a tripartite being, meaning that we are spirit, soul, and body. So uh, the spirit is our like our God conscious, and our soul is our mind, will, emotions. It's our intellect. It's the place where we think, choose, and feel. And then we have our physical body that houses the spirit and the soul. So when you talk about the faith-based piece where people are like, I'm going to just pray this away, that's the spiritual part of you. But what about your soul? That's that thing that has experienced traumatic events in their lives as a child, So there's a regeneration process that has to go on. So going to specifically, you go to a cardiologist, somewhere with your heart, you have to find that right counselor who is also culturally sensitive to where you are, you know, your background and just sensitive to those things that can really just help you to get to that good place hold on hold right there because I'm there I have a funny story Mm because speaking to the cultural part I have a a friend who was going through a divorce Mm -hmm. and um as a part of the uh the the uh the divorce proceedings he went through counseling and he went to through counseling with the kids Mm -hmm. the children so that you know he was trying to help them transition through it and that he went to a counselor that uh he had a he had a a daughter who is uh, a 14, 15 ish and mm-hmm. a younger son. And the counselor would have individual sessions with the daughter and then have sessions with them as a group. And the counselor came back and told him that the daughter needed her own room. Well, that turned him off to counseling immediately because he could not afford an apartment that had two two bedrooms for the kids at that particular point in time and even when he was like trying to explain that to the counselor she was like no you know this is a deal breaker whatever Mm -hmm. and that that just to me that resonates as one of those kind of cultural things because why can't you relate to somebody you know not being able to afford yeah (laughs) yeah that's Right. But continue. I thought that was a funny story. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I've heard some bad experiences with counselor. I just hope that I'm not in that that conversation. (laughs) But when I hear stuff about that, you know, the sensitivity piece is huge. You know, it's not just about skin color, but financial status and where people are financially. Okay. Well, let's think of some ways that maybe we can set boundaries with, you know, your daughter and your son so they can have their own space. Right. Right. But like, let me just change your whole life. And if you don't, then something wrong with you. Right. Exactly. Mm, exactly. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. You, you talked about um, getting a monthly checkup and making sure to do that monthly. I think another thing that we really have to learn is what to do for ourselves on a daily mm-hmm. basis, yes. on a really on a daily basis. And I think, <coughs> yes, to be honest, a lot of people are just lazy and they're comfortable. They don't want change. They don't want to do the work. 
just as with it, if, if you think you're going to be physically healthy by only going to your annual checkup, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you think you yeah. would only be okay by going to see a therapist once a month, once a year, that's crazy. Yes. Right. You have to right. learn how to integrate some, some healthy <clears throat> practices yourself. A lot of, there's a lot of distractions out there. That's the main thing we could do. Get off your phone. Turn off every alarm. You yes. jumping up every time an alarm come off. That's not good for us. We weren't wired to have our attention in so many different places. And I don't think mm-hmm. people understand how we're making, we can make our lives a lot more difficult yes. and cluttered to where we're causing a lot of the anxiety. That's very good. That, I mean, I, I, I am uh, July of, 2016 20 yeah 2016 i think i started meditation mm-hmm. and that has been like a game changer for me yes and it's not i mean and when i would tell people that you know you kind of get the side eye from mm-hmm. people and stuff like that but my thing about it was i had never it, it when you go through the process i had never gone through the process of sitting down with somebody and saying hey Take 20 minutes out of your day, two times a day, and don't do anything. Yeah. Yep. Just be in your own mm-hmm. and don't be near your phone and don't be and your outlook. I mean, it helps you to control so many other things it in your life. When it you, does. I mean, you can sit up in situations and be like, mm. un bothered you can be like the person's like in the tv like the person the the, the ghost standing up looking at a situation happening yeah. and just go oh okay bite note the apple just sitting there like, i mean oh, okay. you can just go yeah i see what's i see what's happening here i yeah. see yeah and i see my part in this whole mm-hmm. thing and it's just it's a revelation and it, it's you know in addition to the counseling you yes. have to have this whole regimen that's you like do. the gym yeah you just do. like eating you got to mm-hmm. have whatever that regimen is that whatever you use to bring your peace into your, your situation, right. you got to use it and, and, yeah. and, and, and keep at it. I was, um, I went to a conference in Arizona recently and, uh, Carrie Hilson was there and mm. she, you know, she had been kind of on her like music break for a while and she mm-hmm. was very vocal about her depression and we just had a, it was like myself with her and, she it was, she was she was on a panel and the host was just asking her questions about just her journey um and she talked about her depression and how she went into the break cuz my question was what sent you there what was your trigger and she said for her it was like a, it was a breakup but one of the things that I really took from her which I appreciate is that she is very intentional about her daily life mm-hmm. because she she knows i think that's the thing self awareness is everything um and if you can know how to manage that, yeah. what, your triggers, if you know social media is not good for you, you right. and somebody else's life makes you feel less than, Don't go that's there. a trigger for you. Don't go you there. have to be intentional about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with her. She was like, every day, this is what I do. I get up. Don't grab my phone. I'll pray. I'll meditate. I'll go out and read a book. She'll check emails. I mean, that was, I'm not saying she did that every day, but that's what she shared, that mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. what she does. And so that just you know, really resonate, resonated with me when you talk about the everyday thing. It is every day yeah. because if you don't, things will start to pile up like it's nobody's yeah. business. Just like those kinks in your shoulders yeah. begin to get more and more tense. If you don't work them out, things in your mind, they have to go somewhere. And many times if we don't take care of that, 
emotional and mental thing, it'll come out in other forms, our behaviors. We become more irritable with yeah. people. It comes out in our dreams. We having yeah. crazy dreams. It's like you're not dealing with that crazy raw emotion that <laughs> right, you're having, right, you know? Right, so, right, right. Yeah. so kind of bringing it back to like, music and media Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing do you find what we consume uh from music and from from media does that cause do you think that that causes some (coughs) some huge mental things that we need to uh like really be cognizant of what we're consuming oh absolutely um i mean i I was saying it like in a jovial way when i listen to ratchet music Mm -hmm. but that i can't listen to that every day Mm -hmm. i have a time when i listen to it but um it's because of the words when you when he talked about um meditation meditation is so important because is what you're constantly repeating in your mind you're constantly thinking of something it's kind of like a cow all right, I'm from the country. So a cow is chewing cud and th- he swallows the cud and he brings it back up. There's a constant regurgitation going on. So in our minds, if we're listening to music that evokes murder, death, um, selling drugs or, you know, just this negative, just kind of output on life, that will begin to be your reality. Yeah. You know, which. Yeah. We kind of talked about because, you know, this new thing is this emo rap and emo R&B thing where like but it's not in a, it's not in a therapeutic way. Right. Okay. And so it's that's, more in a that's, self-medicating that's like the, way. Yeah, that's like the, you know, okay. like there are rappers uh, most uh, uh, immediately that comes to mind is Mac Miller because he just, mm-hmm. you know, OD'd. Yeah. And, you know. You were talking about. I still haven't listened to his record, but you were talking about how uh, emotional it was. Very it was emotional. Like you know, he was. It was. Dealing his, it was with, a breakup record. Yeah, he was dealing was with all record. of these issues. Mm-hmm. I yeah. remember the first time I listened to uh, uh, "Bitter," uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Indege Ocello's yeah. album. Mm-hmm. I was concerned because <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it seemed like it was like really kind of. Uh, it was. Uh, like it was erratic dark or and sad um, and mm. i mean and it was the, yeah, but erratic. but you know after you listen to it for a while you realize that it was just a, a human emotion thing mm-hmm. she was just kind of doing like this is how i'm feeling but it was a dark record meaning like the the um just the melody was dark yeah. it was kind of you know just quiet and dark and so mm-hmm. like these new rappers these e we call them emo rappers and emo mm-hmm. uh, soul music and they're you know they're just sad you know, they're just sad people. What and exactly? You, and I'm, I'm so, well, I'm a little removed. So <laughs> what is actually an emo rapper? Uh, is emo short for emotion? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so um, is that different from guy, mumble uh, rap? Uh, logic. He's kind of. Uzi, yeah. Uzi, Uzi no, Vert. No, I like Uzi Logic. Vert. I'm a, I'd give him Uzi Vert. Uzi Vert. Yes, see, no. See, I, zero so idea. a lot of these mumble rappers are emo, emo rappers. And they, what is they the have all thing? of these... <laughs> well, mumble is you can't understand the words. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just the mumble. mumble. Okay, I thought it was like actually. And they okay. kind of, you know, <laughs> say, okay, I'm like, they kind of say the same things over and over mm-hmm, again. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, and they're mumbling while they're doing it. Gotcha. But, um, but the, that 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 whole kind of emo rap thing where they're, you know, it's kind of sad and it's dark, and I got all of these problems, and yeah, and I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, it's not necessarily, it doesn't the concern for me is not um, 
the person doing it. Because mm-hmm. in my head, the reason that yeah, they do it is to, to the outlet. Out, it's an outlet. But yeah. it's facilitating this but whole. When somebody is consuming. I can just, it. I can just be sad mm-hmm. all the time without there never being an, any light at the end of the tunnel, and there never be any yeah. kind of resolution to and, this. And somebody's yeah. consuming that all yeah. the time. And I don't know I that this cons- is a moment, this, and yeah. I'm going to be okay. Exactly. In a lot of cases. So that's that's yeah. that's that's my concern about. Yeah. You know, being consuming those things and how popular and to become. michael's point i don't i don't know if uh we at one of our earlier shows i mentioned this at the beginning of the show one of our earlier shows the number one song in the country was the 1-800 number to the suicide line mm. that was the that was the number one song in the country and it was uh a rap it was Khaled. i think it was logic or whatever i never heard of it but it, it, it was yeah. not it was like a pop song and, yeah. it, and it was <clears throat> it was the chorus of the song was the 1-800 number to the national suicide hotline mm. which was a good thing but to mike's point it's like people got to that point because they were listening to this whole diet of i'm just I'm, yeah. I'm just down in you this know. and they didn't have a maintenance yeah, yeah. they didn't have a uh-huh. you know they didn't know to pull themselves <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. exactly i need and, i need and, and that's particularly a problematic for a young person who you know yes. you don't necessarily have the tools right oh yeah you don't right. i mean i'm really and, scared for and, people with kids and somebody's yeah. parents you are not you know, paying attention that's to it right them. there yeah, yeah. you, you gotta have to pay attention what's going on you gotta constantly equip your kids with tools to deal with all of this stuff and i'm just kind of like wow you know no you can't listen to that no you can't you know yeah yeah you know you're not gonna let your nine-year-old drink alcohol but you'll yeah. let them listen to this music yeah. that they're in it's, yeah. it's consumption yeah. that's going into their bodies yeah it's yeah. it's kind of like you know gmo food mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i mean it's really the same you're gonna get organic you're gonna get the gmo mm-hmm. you know so it may cost more but it'll cost you more in the end your health yeah. So in the same way, the mental state, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, that's why I love this, this topic, because it, there does need to be just a great awareness and educating education. Um, and you can still be cool. And yeah. it's kind of like, you know, the tobacco company, like um, those commercials. Now they're making it cool and pop. Right, right. To not it's smoke. like to not smoke. And yeah, you see somebody yeah. pop like it. Yes, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm tobacco free, you know. <laughs> right, right, you right. Know? Yeah. But it's working. Yeah. Because people, kids are not smoking as much. Yeah. So yeah. we might have to come out with a pop yeah. locking commercial about yeah. mental health. You know, yeah. I'm free of my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that the point that Mike made is just is really important about. It is. You're just not having the tools to dig yourself out of stuff. Because sometimes it takes a lifetime to get those tools or oh, to even gosh. realize that you need them. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of yeah. like, okay, you know, I'm a 40 year old man. I don't know how, uh, I'm a 48, but when I was 40, when I was, I was like, ready to say, you yeah, I was, I'm, I'm going back to when I started like, okay, I need to, I need tools mm-hmm. to manage. I need tools to, you know, go get on this job and not be mad at five. I need, yes. I need tools. I need, yeah. I need tools for those types of things. That's it. And it, and, to get to a certain age and realize, oh, okay, I've gone this long and I didn't have any. How are teenagers doing it? How are yeah. they doing it? How yeah. how do you with with all of this additional uh, stimulus from the Uzi Verts and the, all of the whatever and the Nicki Minajes and everybody giving you all of this stuff on Instagram? And, you know, it's just kind of like 
How do you, you can't tell it. I mean, can you tell a 15 year old to not look at Instagram? I would tell mine. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. Do yeah. It yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, you won't be looking well, at you know, It's just like an uncle wouldn't let his kids uh, watch BET. Yeah. Now I TV understand. One. I totally or any understand of that now. when they were growing up. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, there, there's a such thing that is very real. And it's simple, called the law of attraction. Whatever you are around, the things that come out of your mouth, the thoughts in our head, we attract that. Yeah. And if the Very only true. thing that's in your head is negative images, that's what you're going to attract. And if, if we can just at least all agree on that and stand by that and try to learn to move from it, we might make some process, but that might be kind of asking for a lot. Yeah. So we, I, I'm I'm quickly learning that we could actually have like a five hour show here. But so <laughs> let me really <laughs> let me let me just uh, before we because we got to wrap it up here. But I just want uh, uh, Dr. Lita's perspective on this. Okay. So you know we make a lot of comments about musical artists and say like I'm gonna give a, the the really good clear example Kanye West. Everybody's mm-hmm. saying he's bipolar. Okay. So. One of my questions is, what do you think about uh, uh, artists being diagnosed by the general public? And and also, do you think that there is a way to not sit down with somebody and still be able to diagnose them with certain, certain issues? Um, well, I mean, there are some symptoms that you can kind of pick up on. It says that, OK, he may be a, a person that has bipolar based on the symptoms of bipolar but the public can't I mean Mm -hmm. it's just a misdiagnosis but I actually saw a short interview that he did with big boy Mm -hmm. and he was saying how um he didn't get diagnosed until he was 39 so he did get diagnosed bipolar and then in one of his I guess his new album there's this one lyric that said something like um um I hate I hate being bipolar and it's awesome, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, or that the name of the album. Yeah. So, um, so the public diagnosing him, I mean, it's pretty obvious that something's going on with him. I mean, his just whole behavior is erratic. I mean, that's how Kanye has been. But when you think about the history of of him and how he came out with like Jesus Walks. And then he experienced a major loss, which is his mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you think about what can cause a person to go into a mental state, one is genetics. Um, some people are just predisposed to those things. And then you add a stressor in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the trigger. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that that's what it was for my dad. It was like he was predisposed to it. He went to the military. He, he also kind of dabbled in some substance abuse. And he couldn't handle being away from home. That was his psychotic yeah. break. And so same thing with Kanye, you know, and people, I feel so bad for people that are out in the limelight that have to deal with their stuff like Absolutely. out in public, because now you not only have to find a way to manage that, you got to manage it in front of people. Yeah. And then here go all of the opinions of other people. So it could be a just, although his behaviors are erratic if people are not, you know, you can make fun of him, but at the same time, it's like there's a sensitivity that needs to happen with people in the music industry mm-hmm. because I can't imagine not going to the zoo or to the movies without 20 people wanting my right. autograph. Right, right, right. 
I just want to be normal. Right, right. I right. mean, even though that comes with it, there is a pressure and an added something that you have to have to have that type of lifestyle. And he so. had, a, I mean, and if you if you really dig into his situation, particularly the mom situation, makes yeah. total sense to me that mm-hmm. that that would make you just just go completely off the edge. But you could you could hear that in his music. Yeah. it changed dramatically. He but did. then, yeah, but then his wife was was held at gunpoint. Yes, yeah. I mean, traumatic all of these, stuff. All of these things that you just kind of like. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm not a Kardashian fan by no means, but. I'm a human being, right? You know, and being a mom and being held at gunpoint, yeah, right. I can be at Hotel Six, Motel Six. She was in, you know, the I would say the most luxurious place, you know, right. in Paris. Like, why would you think that would happen to you? Right. But it did, and so yeah, you have to carry that kind of family thing, and then it's yeah. just a lot. Well, you think about Michelle Williams and her recent discussions about mental health and. Do you, uh, the reason why I'm asking is because when she first came out, I'm going to be very, very honest. When mm-hmm. she first came out about it, I was like, congratulations. I applaud you on your struggle. Mm-hmm. But then I look on Instagram and I see there's a reality TV show mm-hmm. that is forthcoming. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, I, I, I'm just saying that gave me a bias toward the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, I'm just asking yeah. everybody what, it, what, I mean, what do you, it's all, and, and I guess the point I'm getting at is, it's almost kind of like we've talked, we've gotten to the point where now I feel like we're just going to go to the other end of the spectrum, and it's going to be cool to have yeah. some kind of mental stuff going on, uh-huh. and people are going to be like, "Look at me, I have for the this, attention and look at me, type I have, thing." Yeah. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, that's a really good point. I didn't really think about that because I actually started watching it last night okay. for this i'm like let me check out what she's doing i mean i knew that she had checked herself in but when i was kind of reading her story that's something she suffered from depression when she was like in the seventh grade oh wow okay. so she had already had that struggle there so if you think about where she already had that struggle and then destiny's child mm-hmm. and then yeah. that dropping off yeah. and then kind of beyonce soaring because you know i think kelly may have had a song about beyonce and just the issues of you know how do I like I'm a shadow now like we were three the you know um in which the other two girls really didn't bounce back you know what I'm saying so here you have Beyonce who is just I mean just on a whole nother planet and here are these ladies that are have to okay well I just have to I know I'm part of it but I can't be her it's almost like that comparison thing am I good enough for your praise, mm-hmm. that type of praise, that level of praise. But for Michelle, one thing she said was everything in my life is good. And then nothing bad is going on, but major transition. Mm-hmm. That was a thing for her. It can be good or bad, but it's still a transition. Mm-hmm. Now she has to prepare her mind for a whole new life of mm-hmm. marriage, not just Michelle from Destiny's Child or Michelle, the artist. Now she has to be a wife. So I think that, Again, that life stressor mm-hmm. can trigger that mm-hmm. depression mm-hmm. situation. That situation, mm-hmm. yeah. What everybody, What does everybody else think about Michelle in that situation? Yeah. I, that was that was profound. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually um, didn't research her prior to this. I saw her name on the list. I knew she does. She have an organization as well. Did you mention? I that? think no. she might. I think no. She I, might. I might be confusing her with Taraji Hill, but um. 
I really don't like to speak on things that I don't know. And at the end of the day, I say, you know what? Make your paper. <laughs> Make your paper. Because if somebody came to me today and <laughs> said, we go cut you a check for a show, okay. Let's say, look, Ride we, the wave. we like the whole uh, making cookies. Ride the wave. And we through. like this whole angle. Let's yeah. <laughs> you know, who, who would say no to that? I can't blame her for not saying no. Okay. So. I don't, I don't know anything about her mental health. I didn't. That's not. I didn't know she was going through any of that issue, any of those issues. Okay, okay. So you weren't even a part of that whole. Const- She's on a press run now, talking about so, it too. So that's why um, I was like, it, it, <laughs> it may be because, uh, like Dr. Lita said, she was she was a shadow. I didn't, you know. <laughs> oh kinda, my god! After she kind of disappeared <laughs> off the scene. You know, I saw her in Fela. We saw her oh, in yeah, Fela. we sure did see her yeah. in Fela. But, yeah. Yeah. And apparently she's done a lot with on Broadway, and yeah. she's done yeah. she's And that was a big, big play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Broadway is serious. She wasn't that good in it, but anyway. Oh, wow. That, uh, her voice is kind of thin. Yeah, it's thin. It's but. thin. See, you know, we're going <laughs> to we get ready to go down that rabbit hole. We need a camera. <laughs> ready to go down that rabbit I need hole. a camera let's for Samara's go. face just right at that, <laughs> need that I need a camera. Let's, let's get out that rabbit hole. But yeah. Okay. Let's I, talk, did, I didn't know. I didn't know anything about Okay. Let's talk issues. about, let's talk about two other ones and let's just talk about it in context of how do we think they will be perceived today? So let's talk about Phyllis Hyman and Donnie Hathaway. Mm. So. Right. Their 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 mental illness. I, I'm sh- I'm thinking that most people are are aware that they both had some form of mental illness. They were suffering. I think they were both diagnosed uh, schizophrenic. Depression. She was yeah. depressed. He was yeah. he, he was, was schizophrenic. Yeah, oh, okay. she was depressed. Okay. Was okay. Okay. So I mean, how do we think? And you know, would they have would they have fared better? Would they have been? You know what what mm. what would their life have been like today? Well, you know, you know, Phyllis Hyman is kind of like, you know, I love Phyllis Hyman anyway. I think she's phenomenal. Man. And uh, reading up on her, because I wish they would do a movie, but she heard her uh, depression from what her family say was situational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to the music, her her uh, relationships were a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been so long. I've been missing you, blah, blah, blah. And then she, you know, back to I'm in love again. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in love. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a man. I don't want a man. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Mary J. Blige, but she didn't use she used substances to wake her up to mm-hmm. go to sleep, mm-hmm. and she just stayed in that that state. Then one day she just gave up. Yeah. Well, yeah. before um, when I was reading about her and that's um, her mom and her grandmother died within a month of each other, mm-hmm. and then a little bit wow. after that she she it was like it so was done. triggers. Yeah, it was triggers. that. Tr- it was mm-hmm. that. Okay, I, this is the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's mm-hmm. back. That was that that type thing, and she was having like record deal, yeah. financial That's issues, about, yeah. weight yeah. issues. Yeah. So, yeah. gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. take Lots me out. Triggers. That was her thing. Yeah, I I really don't know how much different it would be because it just seemed like so much of a personal struggle. It's I don't know if technology probably would have made something that bad worse Mm -hmm. so if it were to happen with an artist like that in this day and age i really don't know if that would really help it my my thing and one of the questions i wanted to ask you dr e how important is having a good support group oh in 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 that being an instrument you know maybe i I don't know if times would have helped donny hathaway and phyllis hyman with Mm -hmm. a different support group but what does a support group do to an individual like that well, let's of. use um, 
let's use Phyllis Hyman. Just say her mom and her grandmother right. were her right. support system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So her having to go through that without the major support systems. I mean, yeah. support systems is just as important as going, when you are about to go through a mental kind of journey, mental health journey, you do need to identify your support system first because those in-between sessions um, where a counselor, you can't get to them or access them on a 24-hour basis. For someone to be your support, whether that's a friend, whether that's, you know, uh, of course, family members, they need to understand where you are and because that's going to be your safe place. Even if it's just identifying one person, um, I would say identify too, so you won't wear that one out. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can just identify that, it's 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 so important. That's a great great question. Yeah. You need you definitely need that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah, I think that that's yeah. uh, just uh, personally for me. Uh, one of the things that I, I stress about work unnecessarily, but one of the things mm-hmm. that that uh, has helped me is I can come here and these two don't care about my job or what's going on mm-hmm. with my job. And they're like, it's a whole world going on outside of your job. I don't know well, what's, yeah. what's the big deal with that. I mean, and that gives you perspective on everything mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> you yeah. know, if, if you, if something happens to you, life will go on, your right. job will, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. it's important to have people for me, that group, that support group, wherever it may be, and if you have multiple ones, is to give you a lot of perspective on yes, things. Yes, The right kind of perspective mm-hmm. on things. And my family does that too. Because a lot of times I'll go and, and say stuff that's going on in my, at, uh, at my job to my mom, and she'll be like, well, yeah, I had to deal with stuff like that too. And I had to drive two hours, and <laughs> this, this is what you cried about. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so, you know what? It's not that bad. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, she's t- she's telling the truth. So yeah, so yeah, support groups. I I agree with that. Yeah, I don't look to neither one of y'all for support. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you know what? To answer your question, it we really don't know, but I think that they probably would have had better access to mental. Yeah, True. yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah. They probably would have had better access to it. Yeah. And you know it's it's funny you say that because you remember uh, have you watched Wayne Brady? Um, have, have you watched his own song? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, you don't have. I forgot you don't have. Yeah, that I have a But have you watched it yet, Mario? If you get a chance to watch it, he has a uh, battle depression. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Clinically diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And, and for for me, it seems like uh, uh, and I guess that's why we we wanted to talk about it because mm-hmm. it seems like these uber creative people all battle some kind mm-hmm. of. And he's very like creative. Like mental, yeah. like something, yeah. whether it's depression or whether it's, and that's why I always thought that there was something that uh, about being creative that would bury that, those feelings, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I always thought that, and I, I guess that's, you know, I'm just kind of bringing it back around. Mm-hmm. That's kind of always what I thought. And yeah. it just seems like you rarely meet or you rarely hear about these super, super creative people who don't battle something like that. That's like, very true. You know, it's just, it's, it's weird. So maybe there is a connection there, but not necessarily an assessment to kind of prove it. Yeah. Okay. that. But the consistency of it, I mean. 
agree. That that was my thought. Just, I mean, being a creative person myself and understanding my emotions myself, I feel a lot more than the average person. I know that. I don't have to take a poll or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm very intuitive. So because I know that, I have to guard my emotions and my feelings a lot more. And maybe Mm -hmm. that heightened sense of emotion and intuition and creativity that comes out in create creativity also has another facet in some area that brings out that other stuff if that makes sense it does yeah absolutely does okay yeah you all have given us a lot today great show i appreciate this show and i loved it oh y'all made my day i loved it But before we close, though, uh, Miss Samara, let the listeners know how they can order those cookies. Oh, yes. (laughs) It is the holidays. We can do some. Yeah. Yeah. Lita, shout out to Lita because Lita has been supporting Crush Sweets since before it was Crush Sweets. Yes, ma'am. And Lita's um, logo is one of my favorite logos that I've done. It's beautiful. It's white and gold. It has this intricate gold. And I literally, like, sketched out her logo for the first time in about three minutes. After girl, you text me that, I was like, "Would this be good enough?" She's like, "Yeah, girl, it'll be good sketch. enough." <laughs> <laughs> that was. I'm like, "Did you copy paste this?" <laughs> that was so good. Um, but www.crushsweets.com to place your order, and you can find pictures of my work on Instagram and or Facebook under Crush Sweets. And it's Crush with a C. Yes. Not like Crush Groove. No, we, we like to spell words like they're supposed to be spelt. <laughs> spelt. That's going to be S-P-E-L-T. <laughs> so spelt right. Oh, man. And Dr. E, yes. how can we, uh, I'm listening to get the book or in yes. contact with you. Oh, well, first What's of all, motivational speaking yes, thank you guys again so much for having me. I really Absolutely. enjoyed thank it. Thank you for coming. Oh, yeah. So um, they can go to my website as well. That's um, a new me, dre.com. That's a new me, dr. E.com. Again, it's like Dre. So, um, and then if you want to follow me on Instagram, um, you can follow me at a new me, dre, a new me, dr. E. So. There you have it. Uh, there you have it, people. So, as always, we want to thank you all for listening to Psycho Music Lyricology. You can listen, rate, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spreaker, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Twitter at PsychoFellas. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And be sure to check out the website, PsychoMusicLyricology.com, for music reviews and more. We can be contacted at psychomusiclyricology at gmail.com or you can call us at 469-606-9534. Until the next time, peace. 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 Bye-bye.